dancing on the moon Feel like Jack Kerouac on a new highway Feel like Dylan with a new set of strings Hey, life's what you make it trying to catch Jason up where we were at about, you know, your, your experience and um, becoming, you know, an artist, a musician out on the road. Yeah. Talking so about this- uh, living in the, the houses and your, your methadone guitar player. Flooding the, <laughs> skip, the, the, did he skip straight to methadone or was <laughs> Flooding the sure. top floor of the yeah. hotel you guys are staying in. Anyway, go ahead from there. Yeah. So just tons of these types of stories, um, just crazy stuff always happening, right? Because you got to think about it. You're playing the bar. That's pretty, a lot of people yeah. that go to the bar. Are... It's an aggressive crowd. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not saying, you know. Well, you weren't, uh, you weren't playing uh, classical or any swing music. I mean, I didn't know, uh, I know a little bit about you, but as far as like the type of music that you play and, you know, maybe some I don't know if you guys talk about the simple stuff, like how long you've been yeah, we, we've playing kind of, music and covered yeah. all that. All right, we're not going to do it yeah. twice. Yeah, so. we've that, so. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so at this point, I'm playing hardcore. Out out I'm playing road. outlaw country at this point. And, Ooh, outlaw country. Yeah, like, and, and a lot, like five hours, um, six nights a week in these clubs, right? And this goes for years. So just paying my dues, learning things like that. So I'll get to this point, get hurt, get the hernia. Um, all of a sudden my dad comes to me. I think, I believe it was after nine 11. So I think it was the November of 2001. He's okay. like, do you want, do you want to go to Nashville? And it was like, are you serious? <laughs> you know? And I still had a visa at that time that had, uh, um, like a year left on it. So I could, you know, I could bring everything in my truck and yeah. just go there and live. So I had an aunt that lived like an hour, maybe two hours outside of Nashville. Uh, and I, I think the town, I forget the, the name of the town, but it's a little tiny. Um, there's, there's a few of those. Yeah. A few of those. Yeah, a little tiny like town. Off the beaten path. Once you get out there, you're like, what town are you? I'm like, I'm in this direction. <laughs> yeah. So, city. so we took the plunge. I packed up, we packed up the truck, boom, headed down there. And we get to town on like Thanksgiving weekend. And I just can't believe how dead the town is and small Nashville is. So I'm thinking, man, if it's like, if it's like this all the time, it's going to be amazing, you know, because I'm so used to, you know, small yeah. town. Yeah, less, like less like a city and more like a big town. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, though, that uh, everybody came crashing back through. Oh, that so, changed. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, when I first moved down here, that was at the tail end of that. And I thought, as so I said, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, it's cool. It's like, I thought it was going to be like a big city. But it's more but a, it's, yeah, a it was, big town. And uh, within the next five years, I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> it's completely different. I'm not saying that shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. So we get to town and uh, I think the first we drove up by Johnny Cash's house the first day and, and out came Marty Stewart. And I was always a fan of <laughs> Marty Stewart growing up as a, as a kid. And he comes out, he looked like he was half in the bag, right? And he Fair enough. Like tur- yeah. Turkey in his hand. <laughs> awesome. So uh, start searching the local paper, find this place about two minutes from Trinity Lane. Okay. And, That's yeah. an up and coming area. Yeah, really rough part. So move in with like pretty cheap down there. Yeah, I imagine uh, costs are low. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I move in this house with four other guys or three other guys, and so everybody's just kind of like in, you know, it's Nashville, so everybody's comes there pretty much broke. Party house, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So it's eighty bucks a week to stay in this house, and. and there's a recording studio in the back. Like when you read the ad, it was really impressive. But when you got there, <laughs> it was so impressive. Somebody's good at marketing. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was just 
Come live your Nashville dream in the spacious four-bedroom Victorian house where you'll be able to record your music. Isn't it funny that those things aren't limited to studios in like LA and New York City? You come to Nashville, it's like, check out this great place and make it big. (laughs) You get a Murphy bed that you pull out of the wall. (laughs) No, I brought I brought this day bed that I'd had from Canada. (laughs) I traveled on a day bed. Well, this is how bad. This is how bad it was down there. It was like uh, these huge spiders in. The oh house. yeah, yeah, the spiders, the wolf spiders. Yeah, that's something from moving from the northeast U.S. Like down here, the spiders. The whole thing is like spooky Halloween town. It's fucking the size of oh, spiders. That you, and they just, so you, they just, the cobwebs. Yeah. <laughs> so there was times, honestly, where I was getting bit. I would go to bed with bug spray on. Because I didn't <laughs> want to get bit anymore, right? It was yeah, crazy. It sounds more like bed bugs than spiders. <laughs> no, I don't. No, yeah, no, right? <laughs> so itchy. It could have been. It could have been. shapes are itchy. Yeah, it could have been. But uh, so hung out that house for like I don't know, probably a good year or half a, I don't know, eight months, and yeah. uh, but played every single like writers place i could find that night um so i played the bluebird cafe a lot i played just uh, yeah, cool. just it was okay it, but i hated playing there because it was like they would shush you if you were even talked right and that's just not oh, my, yeah i didn't think about the crowd not my yeah. vibe at all <laughs> get shushed yeah okay, but you can't be like dude man play that rock and roll music you playing for a bunch of librarians what do you have that was weird but what i did it it was like open mic night so i don't know you got to remember this is like uh isn't it every night open mic night there? yeah but this was like, <laughs> like this like is a live npr this is live at the uh, this is live at the blue bluebird cafe so. live at the bluebird cafe today we have, <laughs> we have some smooth jazz coming che, che things coming up next. no it Just wasn't some of his favorite music <laughs> yeah so um yeah, With, yeah. Uh, it was crazy when I first got to there, and and then I started washing dishes at the uh, Star Cafe, and in, uh, in uh, White's Creek. White's Creek. Okay. White's Creek. Word. And that's kind of where everything kind of just uh, the lid came off, and it was like, um, just crazy times ahead. Crazy in the best way. Um, crazy in the best way. Yeah. So at- at this point, like, how often are you playing? Like, how many sets or, you know, shows or whatever you think you, you would do in a week? We play five five nights a week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every single night, every, like, there'd be a writer's round somewhere. And sometimes you'd play three or four, right? You would jump on. And, yeah. Um, and then you would network. So, we, like, you know, I, I probably had, like, six packs of, groups of people throughout the time of being there yeah and then you know it's Different like life. social circles yeah yeah so they come and go people come so, and go. so in white's creek you know me and you we have kind of a kindred spirits for white's creek because i know the story that you're getting ready to tell us about you know later on in life you know at, we kind of had like a weird kind of parallel where we kind of worked at the same house yeah why don't you tell them what house we worked at <laughs> well when i was there it was called the plowboy mansion or play oh no, Plowboy Mansion. <laughs> it was uh, the Fontenelle. It was Barbara oh, Mantrell's old um, log, log <laughs> house <laughs> mansion. Yeah. So just Google that and you'll see pictures of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm uh, a giant log cabin. Yeah. So, so both, of you, both of you worked there at the same time. No, right? no, no. He. He spent some time there, and then after they decided that, you know, them partying up there and <laughs> and kind of, they decided that they were going to turn it into, like, a, a thing for Barbara Mandrell, and okay. and you could tour her house. Well, you know, they, well, it only <laughs> took about a year and a half for all the Barbara Mandrell yeah. fans to go through, <laughs> so then that ended. But they did build a really cool amphitheater there. That's cool. And it's, I still love it. I've seen a couple, I've seen, I saw the opening set there and you know if there's one thing for mark oswald you can say is that you know he really built a nice amphitheater and it's perfect inside of that in the, in the woods 
Yeah. Jade, was that there when you played there? That amphitheater? No, no it wasn't. No, was, no. No, it was that was no, it was the plowboy then. Okay, yeah. I got you. I see the yeah. time parallel now. Yeah. All right. So tell them who the tell them who the plowboys were. Uh, <laughs> too many to name. Too many to name. Too but, many to name. So, um, I know. I, mean, I know who uh, I know who was there. Beating all these people, um, they're having like open mic at the Star Cafe. So I start playing there, and then all of a sudden I meet uh, just all these other people coming in from from the Fontenelle. Like, but I've never even heard of the Fontenelle. Like, I'm just you drive by it, but you have to. It's a big gate, right? So you have to have a code to get in. You just uh, right. you can't see it from the road. It's way tucked up in the hills, right? And <laughs> that little farmhouse there that that was where Big Kenny right, from the Big and farm. Rich lives. The, the, yeah, oh, the, the okay. yeah, that was Big Kenny's house. So uh, this all ties into down, down. I don't want to get too ahead. I want to kind of keep it on track. But right. um, so I was also working at the Douglas Corner Cafe and the Star Cafe. So I was cleaning the Douglas Corner Cafe and then I'd be washing dishes and, and, and serving at the Star Cafe. And then so mm-hmm. playing open jams and all of a sudden, you know, you'd see Gretchen Wilson come in and order food and you would see. Like sometimes Kid Rock would come in or whatever. Like it would be like, it it was like nothing, right? People just came there all the time because it was a hot place to go. It was really good food. Oh yeah. And right. so you could see anybody. I mean, and you could see like a number one songwriter would just be in there chilling. So, you know, I met some. Uh, I'm out there in Watts Creek. Yeah, right, right there. It was incredible. And uh, so then I met uh, a guy named Jackie Elkins, and Jackie had a uh, was doing. Uh, landscaping and so he hired me on and we would work like oh man we were cutting like all the stars grasses and stuff like that so it was pretty cool and then jackie <laughs> a lot of lawn, yeah. well jackie and jackie was the caretaker of the fontanelle so oh, then jackie. Jackie start- was still there when i got there was he yeah so yeah. you know many many amazing times with jackie i love him to death he's awesome um i still got the stick that he made me he would do you ever see the sticks he made? The Music Mafia no, sticks? I don't think so. I, I mean, I yeah. didn't really get that close with him. You know? Yeah. So anyway, but um, so now I'm like at all these uh, parties up there with Jax, right? Because like part of the crew, whatever. But then, you know, you start playing and like there's all, you know, there's like so many famous people up there at any time. So you're just playing after parties and stuff like that. But then I met like, then it, then it became like the Music Mafia crowd, right? So that whole thing started to happen. And um, I was dating a girl at the time that was really involved with the music mafia. So I always kind of felt like an outsider. I didn't really feel like I, I fit in there. I was just kind of there, right? Tough to fit in on that crowd. <laughs> it, dude, and they were tough, man. Holy. <laughs> yeah, they were tough. And they were like, that was some of the best talent yeah. you would ever you can see. Look, you can look up who's in the music mafia. Yeah. It doesn't want to say their names. Yeah. I'm not funny. afraid. Oh no, they're uh, uh, John. No, John Nicholson was amazing. He was um, one of the. They, they were so. They were great people, no doubt. I just felt like, I felt like uh, maybe I was intruding a bit, right? Yeah. Because those guys had earned that spot. You felt like, like you were just kind of stepping in with them, like, "Hey, I know you got this thing going on, but I'm here now too." <laughs> yeah. No. No. Like, I never felt like that. With like, if I ever got to be on the stage, I was very humbled and 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 like, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't try the alpha stuff around any of the any of yeah. those, right? Like, you didn't, you didn't try to grandstand. No, not at all. I was there to learn. Imagine, yeah. Like, step aside, motherfucker. Yeah. I was <laughs> learning. Man, like you should hear the heart, like killer lead. their uh, <laughs> harmony with a lot of those guys were amazing. And it yeah. was like just the craft was like the artists that were coming out of the woodwork was incredible. So, you but know, there was a, there, there was a younger crew that was coming out called the music mafia misfits. And it was just a bunch okay. of, bunch of people that were kind of like tagging along. Right. right. And so I was kind of, and it all started at the star cafe. And uh, I believe there's somebody wrote it about it in a book as well. You hmm. could probably Google it and find it. But uh, check that out. So that's kind of how you, I you fell will in. You'll be fact checked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's going to be lots of that. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I fell in. I, and then, so I was just at party after party. And like I said, then I started playing after parties. And then you get to know people. And then, mm-hmm. and then they started to know you, right? And then you were just always there. And then it was like, 
boom, this guy can play at the drop of a dime if there's an after party. And there was always a party, right? Yes. There was always a party, always. And I'm talking, I'm not talking house parties. I'm talking like these were these were mansion <laughs> parties, man. Like that right. were like there's a lot of people there. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Yeah. And they're after shows. So everybody's hopped up, right? Yeah, everybody's right. already happy. Everybody's trash, already so, yeah. feeling pretty good about <laughs> yeah. really crank it up. Yeah. 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 So and started hanging around this guy, uh, and he was his name was Alaska Dan at the time. That's what we Alaska called him. Dan. Classy. Yeah, he could he was Man, he was the life of the party. Like a lot a, of bear fur. Why like, they call him Alaska? Sounds Dan. like a good name for a whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he Alaska was the, Dan. He was the life of the party, man, and he was responsible for <laughs> a lot you of. Not you know, yeah, exactly. He was responsible. <laughs> I remember one time he texted me, and this is you know flip phones, right? <laughs> he, texted yeah, me. Yeah. he goes, "Hey, what are you doing? You want to you want to go on a road tour? We're taking Gretchen Wilson's bus down in North Carolina. Come on, get in." Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so I jump on this on, bus. Right? I jump on this bus and I think we drank whiskey for like three days straight. I don't, I don't even remember. Place. I don't remember the trip. Some Alaskan Dan. Yeah, it was great. And well, it uh, sounds like it at this point, like you just said, you felt like a bit of an outsider. It sounds like you know, it sounds, sounds like you're you starting to fit in a little bit more now. Oh no, 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 no! I just meant, to... I meant the there was a core of the music mafia, and they were like getting record deals, and they were breaking out. And okay, okay. I, I was you. still, I was in the incubator. I was still paying my dues, right? And so, okay, so you didn't feel like, because I know, like, you know, in any profession, really, when you meet people who are like heavily talented, and you know, that's that are kind of making a name for themselves, it can be a little bit intimidating and stuff like that. And then you're like, man, I don't know if I should be here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, all that these stuff. people are really good, and I'm just stuff. okay. No, because I never, I never came across as arrogant, and. I'll tell you what, if you were arrogant in that crew, you'd be kicked out fast. Yeah, now so, that's, that's another part of yeah, people who are who are heavily talented yeah. and stuff like that is that whether it doesn't matter which profession it is, those people always tend to have a whole lot of like humility. Like, they're, they're not, you know, the ones that are kind of all about themselves are the ones that are like, they're good, but they're mediocre. And you can tell they're trying to stretch that out for as long as possible. But the ones who just like have it, they're like, yeah, I just, this is what I love to do. I'm just going to do this every day till I die. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so it was great because I was getting to watch real life, watching people get record deals and their life changing and then watching them get dropped very fast. Oh, well, so you get to see that whole narrative play totally. out. Totally. And I got to watch it a lot and see it a lot. And it was like, wow, oh, my gosh. Like, you're there all that time and that, you know, effort that, that gets put in. You got to remember that most of these people that go to Nashville have been the serious ones have been working their craft years before they get there, right? Yeah, they don't go there and then decide that, okay, yeah. now I'm going to start pursuing a music career. That's usually at the point where you're like, okay, where I'm living now isn't offering enough. And I think, you know, my time would be better spent in an area where there is a lot more going on. And that's kind of what attracts people to these larger areas. So that, you know, you get thrown in with a mix of a bunch of different people, but that's kind of, if you got something going for you, that's like your, your big chance to, to make something of it. Yeah, and that the talent in that whole pool was just so diverse. So it was just everything. So oh, it was I definitely a, a fly on the wall. And between that and the Douglas Corner, because the Douglas Corner was like world class songwriters, right? That's where they would go. Okay. So I had access to be there. Like I never had to pay for a show. I could just hang out if I wanted. And that was kind of the perk of working there. And uh, so th those days and that whole thing, I was really just on sponge mode right just absorbing yeah, everything, everything I possibly in, could. yeah yeah and um eventually that uh and like we would just we would spend so much time at that little farmhouse which was big kenny's house at the time and we would be writing songs <laughs> and we'd be smoking his weed and drinking his whiskey and, <laughs> um, I, I remember i did when i was at Pontiac, i did a gig up there and and mark and um and some other people were trying to get some investors to like get involved in a casino deal, like in Wisconsin or Minnesota. I don't remember which. Oh, so I had to go up there and cook in that kitchen for these guys for probably about like 15 people. <laughs> and I remember big Kenny coming in. He's like got like a, like a magnum of champagne 
<laughs> he's like, let's get ripped. I was like, I like this guy because <laughs> he's like the opposite. I mean, like between John Rich and, and Big Kenny, they're like opposite sides of the coins. You know, John's just got this, you know, very large ego that, you know, has served him well. Mm-hmm. And then you have Big Kenny, who's just like, yeah, I'm just kind of like the guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you kind of get that kind of feeling too? John was definitely um, in the driver's seat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's obvious. John is very determined. And I love that about John. Like, so. Yeah. People, he, he's been giving shit a lot because he can shoot his mouth off and get himself in trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, <laughs> I've seen that guy at, at his worst, really, like just oblivious. But, um, yeah, yeah, whatever, sure. it, whatever, he is so talented and he's true country, man. He love he can yeah. sing you. I mean, a he wears song, the nudie suits still. And he can sing <laughs> he still wears the nudie suits. Yeah. You know, he's and he can do more than just that. Like, he's a, he's, no, a, he's, uh, he's very talented, but yeah, just his ego will fucking just. Just make yeah. him look like a dickhead. Yeah. Even though I did win Celebrity Apprentice, I did that gig when he actually like opened that up. Oh yeah. The, the opening, I did that gig. Oh yeah. <laughs> at his house at Mount Rush at Mount at Mount uh, Richmore, actually up on Love Circle. Oh yeah. So, yeah. But one thing that I'll was say, exciting. Like, he always wanted to. Uh, he always like he would always let you play on stage. Like he'd always encourage you to play. You know. I'm sure. I mean, I can see that in him. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he was super cool. Never ever had a problem with any anybody. Yeah. Like I was, like I said, I was just humbled to be there. Grateful. I mean, I met him off on the side too, like at the Fontanelle a few times when him and Mark and 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 Dale would be in in the farmhouse chit chatting. And you know, they're like, "Oh, come on out of here, Mark." You know, you, Mark always liked to parade people around in front of people. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, so, I was mostly over at uh, Greg's house. Right. And I'd play a lot of the parties over there at on the lake house right. and stuff like that. And, uh, nice. Yeah, man, it was just cool. I mean, you were playing. Yeah. And... So you're at the font now? Yeah. You're at the plowboy, you're at the plowboy getting yep. plowed. Getting plowed. <laughs> uh, living it up. Making friends. Making friends. <laughs> Staying in that master bedroom with the mirrors on top of the... Yeah, looking at yourself. Bed, looking at myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so... Yeah, yeah I mean, Barbara Mandrell, everybody ever what I saw, like, like see the tours and people who would walk in and look at that room and they would look up and there was mirrors on the ceiling. They would just go, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think that's for? for yeah. <laughs> yeah. Narcissism. What do you got to lay in bed and comb your hair? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Trim your eyebrows. So yeah. was it, was it, was it her or was it him? Or was it both of them? <laughs> I, yeah. I imagine as it goes with a lot of. Rock stars, everything that is, anything goes. <laughs> narcissism in there. Yeah. It's, it's did you just did, sprinkled on top? Did you enjoy looking at yourself while you slept in that bedroom? <laughs> uh, <laughs> weird. I know. It'd be weird if you're on like shrooms or acid and you look and you see the mirror and you think you're floating up from your own body. You're like, oh, I died. <laughs> oh my god, it's over. Yeah, that would be horrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be the last time I don't ever. But there is a huge jacuzzi and fire pit in there and uh, that's yeah nice. yeah that, that that house was actually pretty amazing there was an indoor swimming pool and yeah damn yeah that was pretty amazing it was a log, log cabin like the guy who built it like designed it was style. like if the country music hall of fame he designed that the southern he designed um several yeah, other okay. things c tuck the huge you know architect in this town who's developed about many uh the, the, the music city center is him too oh okay yeah yeah so yeah. i i remember like they would pay us like uh they'd pay us funny to take people out and show them a good time from the front now, oh right? yeah because they'd be having people show come them in. a good time huh? yeah so we'd we, right. we'd take what, like that in town oh well you would take like <laughs> supermodels you would take like supermodels out and like oh. it was crazy yeah it was yeah, awesome they were the thong, they were the thong. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, believe me, it was. Uh, did you did you take care of them? Good. It was just simply business, right? Like, so you no, you would business. go out, yeah. you would 
take them to the hot spots in Nashville, and then you would like you know get them yeah. drink, drinks and all that. It was it was cool. So it you was try awesome. to get them drunk and keep the fingers crossed. <laughs> no, so <laughs> and then get to steer them away from other people. Like, like all right, let's not hang out over here. Let's yeah, so there was idiots. there was one story where I was at this table and Nikki Taylor. Does that ring a bell? She was. I know that name sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, that so, sounds very familiar. Sound familiar. So yeah. it's her she's and like. Nikki Taylor, yeah. supermodel. Yeah, it's her that's and there's nice. some. Jade old... hanging out with the supermodels and not yeah. even getting lucky. <laughs> yeah. So it's her and like some of these other amateur supermodels, I guess. And, uh, amateur <laughs> So we're at this table and I'm, I'm getting buzzed up and I'm like, you know, starting to get flirty <laughs> and i'm like i'm telling her yeah what, what are you I, supposed to do sit there with a straight face all night yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> at this point i'm telling her why it'd be great if i could take her on a date and then she breaks mm -hmm. the news to me that her boyfriend's keith urban and uh huh. Yeah. And then you start running through the Rolodex in your head. It was like, can I compete with Keith Urban right now? Let me see. How he's can like, I spin this? He's How the hottest. Be, he's I the hottest act. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's the hottest act in Nashville right at this point. And uh, yeah, works if you work it. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, just, maybe you should try it out again. You know, you, you know, Keith Urban ended up marrying. You know, what's her name? Oh yeah, those relationships never last long. <laughs> yeah. Nicole Kidman, they two Aussies got hooked up in America. Yeah. Good job. yeah, it's all short term <laughs> stuff, baby. I'm yeah. about the so long maybe term. you should call Nikki Chan and say, Hey, remember that time in Nashville when you were dating Keith Urban and I was trying to hit on you? You interested? Well, maybe don't say that, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. no, I've, I've, I've moved on. on I've moved yeah. on, Chris. I've moved oh, okay. on. Good. So, so <laughs> what have you moved on to? Canadian well, lady? Well, I'm here, so that would, that would make sense. Like, so. <laughs> love here i'm not into online dating so i'm not oh. gonna meet someone in russia <laughs> i mean how many i mean after a while, people, i'm pretty sure it's all you, online now Chris. i'm pretty sure you know like in the town you live in that once you get on tender everybody you know all five of you guys know each other and you're like get out of here <laughs> never done that stuff never done it yeah they're like you're sick i don't even know how it works i just know I mean, it's, it's pretty degrading like, isn't it isn't it pretty degrading? It's like it's imagine like, Canada. They just have like Tinder for lumberjacks. I think it's just called Timber, and they just wow. So I guess at this uh, at this point, um, I'm playing. Do you remember the Bluesboro? Hmm. The Bluesboro now. Yeah, they have one in Murfreesboro and one downtown the Bluesboro. Yeah, Murphy's Murfreesboro. No, nope, it was yeah, called the it's always, it throws people off. <laughs> Murfreesboro. Yeah. Nobody knows what it is. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we would take party buses up there and, you know, and play. And then it was just off the chart. And this, like, it would be packed on, like, a Wednesday night. And this is in the Music Mafia days. The Music Mafia would right. the show. It'd be like that day they decided to have a show and it would sell out. Well, let me wow. ask, let me ask you yeah. this. When, when, when I first got into town, I, maybe I was here for about, about six or seven months or maybe eight months. Do you remember like a reality show that they had started called Nashville? But it wasn't not, not, not the crappy soap opera TV show they made later. But there was a reality yeah. TV show <laughs> that like got played in the summertime where they had this guy like who looked like like, you know, maybe he ate Kid Rock. <laughs> like he put on Kid Rock's skin suit, suit like yeah. men in but black. But he was like really fat. <laughs> And that was all kind of the music mafia. I think they were involved in it somehow or another. But it only like lasted one season, then it went away. And huh. it was the, probably one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Like as far as well, I mean, re reality TV just kind of pisses me off anyway. But right. but I'm just sitting there, I'm watching. I'm like, this is terrible TV. The like they they, they shove this. TV. I remember like they take this girl who like I don't know she was from like Idaho or some shit, and she's coming to be a singer. As and then do. and then and they're gonna. And they're going to put her as a bartender in Tootsie's. She'll make more money. <laughs> so she could have a job while she's working on her career. And she's never been a bartender in her life. Oh. <laughs> oh so no past experience. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I don't know. It was like 2005, 2006. But then it, I think it only was like the summer fell shit. And they're like, yep, nobody likes this show. There were so many of those shows <laughs> you know, going on at that time. Right, and if if they right. flopped, who cares? It was on to the yeah. next because it but was. I remember, and I'm like, this is. I was like, I was like, I haven't even here lived here this long, and I would be offended by this show. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah. So, 
So yeah, the Fontenelle days, they kind of come to an end, right? Everything good thing right. comes to an end. And uh, right. I think at this point, the music mafia was kind of in, going into turmoil. People were right. leaving, breaking up. There was drama everywhere, right? And people were- I said they got deal. dropped, kind of. Like the stuff didn't kind of pan out the way they, they thought it would in the long term, right? Yeah, I, I guess it's what happened, yeah. But I mean, to get they even, still like to call themselves the music mafia though well fair enough yeah to get a break in that town and to do what they did that's really unheard of you just everything yeah, they did still notable yeah. yeah so so i started i think i played one last show kind of with them or something and uh or was there at the show and got up and played and then there was a guy in the audience his name was brian davis and he was a writer at bmg at the time and I met him and his brother and he was looking for a guitar player and cool. and he was like this guy had just an incredible work ethic and he was playing like every night and he was ready to party every night <laughs> so and he loved to drink like he loved to drink so we always have to rehearse and drink because if you're gonna play or if you're gonna rehearse yeah, you're to gonna, play in the same state you're gonna be in. Like, you're gonna play drunk you better rehearse drunk that's what they say so I think that's just uh, an excuse to drink more, to be honest. It might be a thing, but at the same time, you could just be like, you know what? Uh, I know we got to practice, but I want to get drunk. I'm like, okay, we can just do both. You know, (laughs) and like growing up, like there was no such thing as like, we're going to go for a beer. Like I never had that growing up. It was like, let's go get shit faced. Yeah. There was no such thing as having a beer, right? And so growing up like that in Canada, when I got to, to Nashville, holy fuck, man, they drink a lot. Right, like they're drinking. Yeah, they're drinking. Like they're having beers at like twelve noon at certain bars. Like you go in and like it's just it's a different world down there, right? Hell yeah, yeah. Um, moving from uh, well, I mean, I bounced around the United States a decent bit. I moved to Nashville from Vermont, uh, and the the Northeast likes their alcohol a lot. And then I came down here, and it just made it worse. So <laughs> that's weird. Gotta do, gotta love some drinking. I was in the I army. I mean, I do. I we still, were both, yeah. In, yeah, we were both in the army. That turns you into yeah, that probably was a drinker. Yeah, that's oh, probably yeah. what you guys were together. Yeah, you gotta. No, he was, uh, he went in way before I did. I I joined in 05. Oh, yeah. Um, so by then, Chris was already out. I was already out. I was oh, yeah. here in Nashville, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's when I got to yeah, Nashville yeah. in 05. Yep. So, start playing with Brian, and Brian's like. This guy, like I said, he's pipelined in. He's writing every day. So Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Davis at this Brian time. Davis, okay. he's playing. So I end up uh, breaking up with this girl and then moving in with his brother. That and so we end up moving in this townhouse that was weird. Well, yeah, that, I feel like he just glossed over that really quick. <laughs> What's that? He said. I broke up with this girl, then moved oh. in with her brother. Like it's just something <laughs> like, yeah, I walked down and got the mail, and uh, it's just junk. No, like, I broke. Yeah. I broke up with a girl, moved in with his brother, Ron. Oh, okay. I got oh, you. Yeah. okay. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Not the girlfriend. Sorry, sorry. Brother. Not the girlfriend. No. The brother. Oh, yeah. that was sounding kind of odd. Yeah, that's why I was like, no, I feel like you just kind of glossed over that. <laughs> no, no. I was trying to process you know, all these shows and network, and anyway, so I end up writing two songs with a guy named Arliss Albright, and he was writing for EMI at the time. And okay. so we wrote these songs, and then he we demoed them. He uh, got me uh, an interview with uh, an A&R rep at EMI. And it was crazy because kind of like probably four months before all this, before the songs were written, I'd seen this magazine, and I'd, I'd seen a picture of a guy named Ben Vaughn who was – the main A&R guy at EMI. And I was like, that's that's the company and that's the guy I want to get signed by. And that's the company oh, I want to work so with. Oh, so you actually ran into the company that you wanted to work yeah, for. Yeah, just all through. crazy <laughs> things. So I find myself in this meeting then. So uh, uh, with uh, Stacy Wilbur. And so I was really, really nervous on the first meeting because it's rare that you get, it's rare to be in getting an interview, right? With one of the biggest publishers. No, you don't usually start with the uh, the ideal place you want to work. You usually got to work up to that. I started this place like, all right, it's not all what right. I wanted, well, but it's Jenny, where it's a good things start. Going on. We're, going, we're, we're an up-and-coming yeah. company. But yeah, to just jump yeah. in, Show like, all, all right, this is songs. where you want to be, so let's do an interview. And you're like, ah, fuck, okay. <laughs> yeah. So 
I was just like very grateful for, for you know to Arliss for taking that you know just I didn't have money to demo so it was on his tab right so it was kind oh, of like cool. taking taking that risk so we yeah. did that and so you know I started a relationship there with like Stacy and we keep in contact and then I was demoing more and then you know we were kind of all in this little crew and then there was a guy named craig craig boyd and um he was playing as well going for a deal so we were all friends and we were all supporting each other but we were all going for the same title <laughs> you know there's one prize lucky to find that group where you can all have a common goal and yeah sort of work together towards it and have like you know it sounds like a tight-knit group it, it was for a while, right? But then eventually the big bad egos get involved and then it splits. But yeah, but well, for that time, somebody's going to win and somebody's not going to win. Yeah, <laughs> but for that, for that time of collaboration and helping, it was awesome. And there was some real great friendships. I'm sure, yeah. And uh, and even today, like you reach out, it's, everybody's pretty cool, right? Like it's like yeah. you can look back and kind of laugh because um, people that grew up in the 80s in the hair bands compared <laughs> we're comparing the drama of that era to what i was going through in this oh, yeah. scene <laughs> so <laughs> there was so yeah. much drama every single day like it was just like he said she said this and this yeah. and then you yeah. gotta play and then there's women involved and then you're in that drama <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's women say. every I'm night at, there's so many women at shows because you're playing and it's like yeah when you're on stage and you're yeah. there and a lot of, I don't know, I guess there's like girls that go there just to be with a guy that's going to yeah. have maybe it's a groupie. Yeah. The groupie. They want to be yeah. part of the band. So, so there's a lot of that. Like you see yeah, that on the road, know. right? You see that in the yeah. towns, but it, there's a lot of that in Nashville, I guess, too, I guess. You were <laughs> saying this, the, this group that kind of, you know, it was a tight knit group and I kind of fell apart when the egos started to play a lot of drama every yeah. night. And it was just, was it all just, you know, relationship ego drama stuff like you would think like if they made a tv show out of it how oh, they yeah. try to play up all the dramatic parts is it actually played up or would he oh, see something like that and be like no that's pretty real no, that's pretty <laughs> accurate no it's pretty right on yeah it's pretty right on like you you don't Amazing. have to, a lot of you, you gotta you gotta together. think about just think about yeah. this for a second what is missing in a person that has to have that void filled to be famous what's missing in that person uh, self-love self <laughs> right so maybe a little too much self-love yeah. but uh yeah. always, when we all know that inside you know most artists there is turmoil and you know yeah and some of the best ones have the worst and you know i mean i i, I recently you know like started listening to a lot of amy winehouse and and i look at her and i'm just like man what a tragedy you know yeah, well, a lot of people super, like you can amazing singer getting famous and getting you know uh, all the income and all the stuff that you want doesn't fix who you doesn't are as a person. So the person things you and aren't then, dealing with, then and even it doesn't the, matter. You know, it's still going to yeah. catch up with you. Even to the point where she was even like, I don't even want to be this artist. I, she'd have to get drunk to get up to go out on stage. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know? it's like it's 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 like a terrible. Like she didn't want to do it no more. She just. Yeah. But it's just an amazing singer and a tormented artist, you know, and, and yeah. you see that a lot. And some of the best are, you know, that way. Well, a lot of it comes but from... then, But then there are a lot of great people out there who do it for real and who are not fucked up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally right. So it's a fine line. It's balanced and yeah. it's hard. Especially yeah, it's hard to maintain it's... that balance. I imagine, like, if a lot of stuff is going on with your career, you don't really have right. time to, you know, well, work through anything as you know on your I own or so. I never I never out of all the times I was offered blow I never touched it like ever. Yeah, good I just you. I think well I just saw too many incidents <laughs> there I remember <laughs> we played this gig in Alabama and I somebody put a snake around my around my neck on stage and uh, sure. <laughs> horrifying <laughs> and I muscled through out right? there like Ozzy like yeah yeah boy that spoke a head off so we played this bar in Alabama and it was so hot and there was fights breaking out everywhere. It reminded me of Canada and, uh, and it's just uh, like a really, really hot and humid Canada. <laughs> yeah. So we get down, we get back to the band house and I go into the bedroom I'm staying and there's like five people in there and there's this big mound of cocaine and this guy takes this big sniff 
and his nose explodes and blood just goes everywhere. Oh just, my god! I'm just like, I, and it, this is like three That's in the morning, crazy. right? I just want to go to bed, right? So I just seen so many stories, and and I just didn't like the crowd. The crowd was too obnoxious yeah. for me. Well, yeah, because they're all on cocaine. Yeah, people get obnoxious <laughs> when they do too much cocaine. Yeah, just a bit, right? Then add some what alcohol on that. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. There's a lot of hypertension flowing around that crowd. Yeah, and I'm I'm just a stoner, so fair enough. <laughs> I can, and I'll tell you my joke. You know what the problem with cocaine is? You just want more cocaine. Well, it shows up late, and there's never enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have never met somebody who's like they go to offer them a line, they go, "Oh no, I'm good. I've had enough tonight. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fine. This sounds great." Oh. No, at three in the morning, like, can you call that guy again? Call that guy again. I, or you might be asleep. I don't know, yeah. man. I'm just saying, maybe you should give him a shot. Maybe he's awake. Dude, you're already <laughs> down three hundred bucks. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So chip in, man. Chip in. <laughs> <laughs> so get going. Uh, get signed with EMI. Uh, it's a dream come true. Boom! I play this gig at the Sutler. Remember the old Sutler. Uh, uh, my parents come down. I play a showcase. It's a three-piece band. Boom! Uh, the next day, they they want to sign me. It's a dream come true. I, I you know I get to I'm working, you know, get signed by Ben and Stacy. The playing awesome. with them was just like you know you jump in like any other like you're probably so used to playing with all different you know, all different types of places and different people that the interview. Do you think the interview was the scariest part or playing with them for the first time or? Oh, the interviews, yeah, because I wasn't used to going into an office with my guitar. Oh, yeah. So, yeah you're not like, a, like, like a standard interview? It's like, so, as I an artist. your look isn't business professional, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, like, so. Music industry, so. Just really awkward to walk up. Yeah. And, I mean, did they ask you questions like, so, as an artist, oh, where do you, you see yourself? And questions? See you, and you see, see yourself. Tell well, us about a time you uh, no, well, resolved a time the, to conflict, conflict <laughs> with a fellow no, coworker. No. Uh, Have you ever had to punch your drummer in the face? <laughs> if you hadn't, you're not in the band. <laughs> no, my drummers were crazy and probably would have whooped my ass if I did that. So. Uh, yeah, no. they're always the most spastic ones, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So. Wiry bastards. That's all right. During my short time playing a little music, I was a quiet bass player. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to start writing, uh, so I get signed and, uh, get a bunch of money and then, um, it's great because I could, Hell yeah. now I could, you know, just, and it's amazing because now I'm working, now I'm able to do my first session and I have money now and connections to have the best players in the whole world at my, you know, my disposal, just whatever, right. book them, let's go. And I got all these songs, and now I'm writing with all these incredible keys to the best studios. Yeah, yeah, and I well, the good studios that, and I the always liked, studios. I always yeah. liked studios that were smaller and a little bit more right. grungier. I didn't like the big yeah. fancy ones. I liked the grungier ones. Right. It just felt like I like. I can understand. I can understand that. It drives a different sound. Yeah, and it's just who I am, kind of as a person. I'm just kind of more just grungy. Yeah, yeah more grungier. Need to take shower. Well, I shower like two times a day. The Jeez. cleanest, grungiest person you'll be. Grungiest, the cleanest, grungiest person I've ever met. So, um, uh, I mean, so, would, would there be any famous studios in there that, like you said, it's like, you know. Oh, I don't studios, remember. Yeah, like I mean, like the old Sony. The old Sony the old, rooms. The old, the, old, the old Columbia. The old Columbia studios. I guess it was, so yeah. Clody took the Columbia then. Dude, Sony there, took over like there, in the 90s. There was a point where I was in a studio yeah, every... There was a point where I was in a studio every single like freaking right. day forever. So and it was a new studio. So right. I just start getting the best players and boom. And then I'm making these uh, demos and they're coming off great. And I'm writing with these incredible writers and... And it's just like boom, 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 boom. It's just, it's just awesome. It's a dream come true, right? And we're right. playing every night, and then we're playing showcases. I'm playing guitar right. for other bands, and I'm working. It's just, it's nonstop. It's been like six right. years to this point, nonstop, every freaking nonstop. day. And and I didn't have the most talent coming in, so every day I was trying to work my craft, right? Right. Yeah. It used to drive me nuts because. Nashville's the best of the best, man. It's the best of the best. You're never gonna find a bad singer. 
there or someone who can't play anything. Yeah, that's true. Even just going into a random place, you know, watching the like, yeah, hey, I got live music tonight, like most places do mm-hmm. in Nashville. And, and then you hear them, and it's, yeah, I've never heard one where I was like, eh, they weren't yeah, that great. It's I've always heard... like, no, oh, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I, I, work, I work in the hospitality industry, and sometimes, you know, the wedding band is not the best. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fucking a wedding band. The, 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 the other, yeah, there's probably say... some bad uh, wedding bands out there. <laughs> yeah. So just had to just had to bust and always be working and uh yeah. and but it was great. Um it was awesome. So I guess it was uh almost like a, a probably two year stint I was with them and so we went through the process to gear me up to get a, a deal. And I, I, I wasn't really like I never like I said, I never really moved to Nashville to be an artist. I never never thought I was strong enough vocally, but I was just driven. I didn't care. And right. yeah just whatever so then when this opportunity came and they liked my voice on the demos and then they signed me so when we started playing um for uh we're actually i went in and did my last session and and then i went home for christmas and i got a call from ben ben vaughn and he was like this i love this man the session's great he's like we're like you're ready let's do this let's push this to get a deal and i was like okay let's do it right and you know i I don't think i was ready i knew i wasn't ready um but unfortunately you have a you have a time you know the timer's on right right they can't keep you in a development deal at this time it's the last of the best years in nashville there's still a bit of development money there's still still there and but it's time to produce it's time to go now it's, it's right. either make or break now so i ended up uh going in um like i had tons of songs right and i and i i knew i could do this on my own and produce but i was pretty wild at this point i was getting a little loose like i wanted to do more rock stuff so my demos were coming out a little bit more of this and that but right. nonetheless i uh i produced this session and when you when you produce songs for radio it's completely different than if i were to go in and, and do my own sessions like it has to be there's po- so many politics geared to radio like it has to mean? be this amount of clean oh the okay. music so has to be clean way more and, like regulated as yeah far as so you have to do. really yeah you really have to play the game in that world and uh that was the hard thing to fight with as being an yeah artist. it's stifling because then yeah, it's like yeah. how how do you be creative and then censor yourself too well then if you're used to rolling it on an eight and then you got to knock it back to a four that's huge yeah because then your vocal style changes your tone of your voice everything is different yeah right? and, and they're like oh why doesn't it sound like the other stuff it was like because you're asking me to fucking do something totally different <laughs> yeah exactly and so I, I ended up working with uh, uh well i ended up going and, and meeting some really uh incredible producers and stuff and then i went and played for a guy named radney foster um i don't know if you've heard of him but randy uh, foster no it's radney foster radney is it radney or randy no it's radney radney Radney. yeah so fulcum radney no i don't no yeah so but he was like this cool texas guy that had a lot of success in the 90s and he had just a great vibe and i really wanted to work with him and so i went over and i i sat up on i remember i walked in it was like in the old sony studios or something i walked in and (laughs) sat up on the amp case and then played for him acoustic and uh and uh he he wanted to do an album cut sides on me and but he was agreed to do a, a record on a different band and it would have been like three months before we before you could have got to you now and so we couldn't wait so i it didn't happen and that i just like oh man that would have been just that would have been awesome so i ended up working with this guy's name the warren brothers and they had a a record record deals in uh the 90s and they had songs out they had some great songs and i remember listening to them as kid as a kid in canada hear them on the radio and they were just young and they were up and coming in the producing world, but they were awesome songwriters. They were incredible songwriters. So we started writing songs and then we got some really good ones. And then, so we agreed that we were going to go cut sides. And, uh, and then, so we went in cut sides and uh, I've never released them, but uh, I will be hopefully. Hey, hey, uh, hey Jay, just want to let you know real quick. Uh, we're coming up on probably an hour. Okay, and I, I'm pretty sure that anchor cuts me off at an hour. Yeah, okay. so, so we're in the last five minutes of it. We're yeah, we got about four minutes to go, so maybe we can just kind of like start putting wrapping it up and yeah, move on. sure. 
you know, yeah. kind of give it an ending, I guess you could say. It was very fascinating and interesting. And Hell yeah, dude. You Absolutely. know, appreciate you. Wish I was over earlier. We caught the whole thing. Yeah, yeah there's now, now there's an hour and a half. Because, like, we, yeah. me and you, we did it. We did 30 minutes. Yeah, now. so let me, let, me get, let me finish this up. So, uh, yeah, go for it. So doing yeah. these showcases, we do all this stuff. We work together, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, go play in front of all the labels and all that. And there, there was there was a moment where I thought it was going to happen with a certain label, and they they want certain people wanted it to happen, and then okay, it just didn't happen um, for whatever reason. And I, I, I was losing, I just was losing touch with. Uh, there was something different in me as an artist. I just was like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You got to remember, yeah. this is like eight years. Every day, I was depleted physically, mentally. I was burnt out by this time. Eight years. Well, if just yeah. being in town, busting my ass, yeah. Yeah. Like, working, yeah, working the craft, true. and just yeah. driving. Yeah, yeah. I felt so you, you know, feel a little drained. I, I guess that I guess that's kind of catching up to the, about almost to the time where maybe that. Yeah, well, bad. you know, we you can know? do that on a different. Time, right of course right we'll you know, do okay. that like part two or something like that when, but when, you know you, when he's like look here's, a, here's a drunk guy yeah exactly like, but uh bar. so i play these all these <laughs> i play all these shows i've got like uh bon jovi's manager out watching me and all this stuff and, like <laughs> cool. i'm meeting with all these people these agents calling me before i'm even signed and they're wanting to know what i'm going to do with my money and shit like this it's just so no surreal shit. right yeah. and uh so i you know the last call it was kind of like uh Ben called me and said, hey, like EMI just sold. They sold the Sony. It was 2007, so the recession hit, and American oh, Idol was being man. born. So everything oh. overnight was flipped oh, off. Oh, okay, so it was basically, <laughs> that was basically like if, we, if you got to do this, this, and this, and I just didn't feel like I could do this anymore. I needed to step away. Oh, so yeah, it was a mutual bad. split, I guess, and I was, I'm just really grateful that they gave me that shot. And... I'm going to be releasing a bunch of uh, the demos from Nashville, but we'll do like a part two, Chris. We'll do a part two on this. And, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, you because I want to hear more about that. That sounds, that sounds... Yeah. We're rolling in the last two minutes here. Yeah. So oh, that sounds fucking crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, like, like I said, you know, you can't our, predict the timing of this. Our so. agreement is that, you know, you know, you get to, you get final cut. So yeah, you know, none of this gets published until you, you, you mull it over. Yeah, so Call send me this. Over. I think this will be good. Be good. Yeah, this sounds like a good one. I think we got some good stuff here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. But awesome. Uh, I'll send it to you in a file so you can check it out and you can let me know if you agree or disagree. Sometimes I have to wait a couple of days before I listen to it again just because yeah, it's no just, worries. odd. Like, it's, it's, it's odd. Well, we're still at like the pre editing point. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to just nail stuff out without having it be scripted and having it be not sounding like shit on right here, so. we're, we're still working on our little program here but yeah. anyway great talking with you man let's yeah. let's get yeah, back awesome. into part two part three whatever we're going to call it um i'll send you the file you go through it you tell me what you think and yeah, uh, sure. we'll catch up again okay yeah. sounds good awesome well thanks for your time and uh let's yeah we'll see you on part two all right awesome okay take care all right man Bye. Peace. later later Hey everyone, this is Chris from Here It Is Podcast. Um, just wanted to let everybody know that I got my PayPal account set up on the uh, on the Facebook page site for Here It Is Podcast Nashville. If you're interested in donating a couple bucks to me and Jason so we can continue to improve this podcast and uh, move forward with it, check it out if you're interested and donate what you like. Merry Christmas. <laughs>